Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. All right, there's a little question thing at the bottom. You can ask me anything you want other than when are you coming to such and such a place. I'm in Washington, D.C. tonight, Upper Marlboro, Massachusetts, to be specific. Seven o'clock tonight through Friday. What's up, Abraham? Killa, good job keeping things going in Hana. Hey, Kenzie. All right, let's see what we got for questions. I'm, I'm glad this is the first question from Garrett. Where do you live, Garrett? South Dakota, I want to say, but I can't remember if that's true or not. Um, thoughts on Tucker Carlson's interview with Putin. I find it amazing if you go on Twitter, the difference in reaction between Republicans and Democrats. Republicans believe Putin and Democrats are like incensed that anyone would believe anything that Putin has to say. You know, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, but I feel like Putin's telling the truth on everything he says, you know, like when he said, um, we don't really feel like Biden is in charge of your country. We feel like other people are in charge of your country. And he's just like the front man. I mean, I, I believe that. So. I felt like it gave an honest. An honest answer to. America, I, I feel like Putin was telling what what their intelligence is about America. And I, you know, again, you, Democrats get angry to hear anybody talk like this. I would trust what he had to say more than I would trust what our media has to say. You know, it's almost like it's almost like if you heard an interview about North Korea in North Korea from a, a, an American. Yeah, some people in North Korea would be like. Yeah, I, I I agree with what America has to say about North Korea. But then your average person would be like, how dare they talk about our country like this? And who would trust America? They're the great enemy. But I I've, I felt like uh, I read through. I had Squirrel Talk John summarize it with AI, and I, I found it very interesting. And I don't think I don't think there would be a great effort to keep Putin from being interviewed if it was going to be all lies. I think the threat is if he's telling the truth. So I don't have a hatred for Vladimir Putin. I'm not saying he's a, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying I don't. I'll tell you, there was a movie on last night when I was going to sleep on the one on Edward Snowden. And so it made me go on the Wikipedia page. And when you find out how America treated Edward Snowden, Trump included, um, and Russia giving him asylum and stuff. It it doesn't make it, it. It's hard to make it a USA versus Russia thing, you know. I think I think Putin wants what's best for the Russian people. And I do kind of believe him that he has no interest in getting into war with America. I think they have an interest in doing things to subvert America, like the BRICS currency and all that. But 
I mean, if they wanted to go to war, we've given them plenty of opportunities to do that. So anyway. Let's see what else we got. Hey, Jessica, have you prayed for someone and they didn't get healed? What's your thoughts on that? Yes, I have. Many times. Keep praying. Mark chapter six. And Jesus could do no mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. Now, that was the case there. I'm sure it was my unbelief many of the times. But you get better with anything the more you do it. It would be as stupid to stop praying for people because they didn't get healed when you prayed as much as it would if you um, to quit giving salvation altar calls because nobody came up to get saved one time when you did it. I would highly, highly recommend that every believer get the book by T.L. Osborne, Healing the Sick, and read the whole thing, and then read it again. Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne, O-S-B-O-R-N. Great question. What do you want to, who do you want to win the Super Bowl? I don't care. I used to care. The NFL lost me. The male cheerleaders, the threatening to take business away from any state that supported um, traditional marriage. Favorite cologne. Hmm. You know what? I don't know if it's everybody else's favorite. There's two very good smelling men's colognes, in my opinion. Uh, Louis Vuitton. Afternoon swim. It's not a heavy scent. And then there's a new one, Louis Vuitton Pacific Chill. And it's also not a heavy scent. And I like them both. Hey, uh, Courtney, it was nice, nice meeting you in Los Angeles. Honored that you came to the meeting. What else? How many times do you fly a week on average? Do you like flying? I didn't fly at all last week. The week before I flew six times. So it varies a lot. I don't preach one night a lot. So... Like in, in Washington, D.C. this week, I'm here Sunday through Friday. So I flew here Sunday. I'll fly home Friday. I would say twice a week would be normal. And more than that would be abnormal. And less than that would be abnormal. Do I like flying? I like, you know, I heard Dag Haywood Mills say, when the Bible says in Acts 10.38, the Spirit of the Lord, no doubt you know, no doubt you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. And he said, when you get anointed, you go about. And I feel that way. So I feel to move. I feel to keep moving and preaching. Obviously, I have two home churches now that uh, we pastor, but God made that where we do that without moving or, or, or can do that and keep moving. So since I'm going to move, like in my flesh, I could sit home for the rest of my life and play video games all day. But then in my spirit, if I sit for too long, I start feeling a stirring on the inside of me to preach. Like when Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 20, verse 9, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. Um, I'm weary from holding it in. I feel that way. So since I have to travel because I feel to move, the fact that you can get to... Washington, D.C. in 45 minutes instead of four hours 
or I can leave after church this Sunday to go to Nevada or, or Arizona and be there in uh, no time. I mean, I'll, I'll pick up time. It's like I'll take off at 1.30 and land at 2.30 Arizona time. It's at p.m. It's incredible. It's incredible to preach Sunday morning in Pittsburgh and eat your lunch in Arizona. So I that part of flying becomes more amazing to me every time I do it. It's never Not only has it never gotten old, I'm actually more impressed by it every time I do it. Pastor Jonathan, thank you for laying hands on my husband's leg the other day after church. He's healing very quickly. That makes me very happy. What else we got? Would you ever consider being a speaker at a youth camp? I was a speaker at a youth camp many times, but I'm 43 now. What is your hair care routine? I don't have one. How long do you spend preparing to preach? Um, I would say I've spent about 40 years preparing to preach. So my main thing, I don't have any set routines because it would be impossible to have any set routines in, in my life. But I like listening to preaching. And I like listening to preachers that use a lot of scripture and that, that kind of like, uh, that's how I keep my spirit stirred and I hear things, new things that trigger different things in my spirit. Tips on how to gain confidence to preach. Keep preaching. My highest kill game in Call of Duty, I only play, um, War zone, and I don't, I, I, I camp, but one time I think I got eight kills about a month ago. Brenton Stanley said, tips on growing a small church. Well, I had a small church two years ago because we started from scratch. Maybe I'll end with this one. Here's another one. Tips to gain confidence to preach in front of people. You have to keep preaching in front of people. That's how. That's the only way. There's no substitute. You gain confidence by continuing to do it in live crowds. Hey, Kenzie. Um, how do you, how do you grow? A small church into a big church by evangelism, reaching out. And not wasted evangelism. You know, if you just want to go talk to people about Jesus on the street, there's no reason to have a church. So you're, you can do that. But I would do targeted evangelism close to your church where people can get to your church. And I would have a way for people to get to your church. Whether you rent a van or you get a bus or whatever you do. We send outreach teams into um, neighborhoods every Saturday. Multiple outreach teams. They organize a little crusade, a little mini crusade. Might be 50 or 60 people there, or 30. Or if it's snowing, 18, and people get saved, and then we make a plan to bring them to church, and we have transportation available. Let's say you pick up 10 new people a week doing that. And on average, seven of them leave, and only three stay, which would be a very high attrition rate. Three times 52 
is 156. So your church would be up 156 people in a year if you did that. I feel like most pastors, their strategy is just to keep having church and post on Instagram and hope the word gets out. And um, that doesn't work too well. So, hey, Pastor Corey, good to see you. And then also another key to growing your church is having having miracles. We had somebody healed in our church, and they came back and brought other people from the family that weren't Christians. They got saved and healed. And then now there are about eight people sitting in a row. So outside evangelism, miracles, People, people need to be impacted by your messages and by the gospel. And then what's the other thing? In church evangelism, have in an evangelist for a week that can grow a crowd. And I don't mean me. I'm not saying this trying to get invitations. I mean, have in a real evangelist. Don't have conferences. That doesn't grow a church. Have have one speaker in for a week, Sunday through Friday. Quit being lazy and talking about how you don't have child care and we don't want to burn our people out. It does the opposite of burn your people out. It refreshes them. This will sound super arrogant, but I would watch how we have church. Because our church grew from, from 260 to 1,900, 1,200, 830 on a bad Sunday in one service, and that happened in in less than two years. So if you watch how we conduct our services, you'll get an impartation of that. If you've only sat under ministries that have two or 300 people in their churches, then that's all you'll ever have because you can't replicate what's not on the inside of you. Oh, that'd be great to come to Colorado Springs. All right, what else we got? Courtney said, when are you planning a church in Los Angeles? Do you know something I don't? I would, I would love to know uh, why you say that so confidently. If the Lord's told you something he hasn't told me, I'd, I would love to be filled in on it. L.A. does have a piece of my heart. How can I know Jesus personally? It starts with praying Through prayer to receive Christ, you receive him as your Lord and Savior. Say this prayer with me out loud. Heavenly Father, I repent of sin. I believe in my heart you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, that's the start. Now Jesus is your Lord. Then you know him and develop your relationship with him through the word of God. The Bible is a living book. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that Jesus is the word made flesh. So you know Jesus through through his word. Spend time with Christ by spending time in the Bible. 
that would be that would be my uh, my best advice. Also, I'll give you another thing. If you go to revivaltoday.com and click I just got saved, revivaltoday.com and click I just got saved, I'll send you a Bible and some other materials to help you live the Christian life. Revivaltoday.com, the biggest button says I just got saved, so you click that. Advice for someone who's just started Bible college full-time that will be a transformational time. My advice would be finish Bible college. Don't leave for any reason till you, till you have completed the amount of years that you're, that the program is. I don't, I don't believe, you know, the Lord spoke to me to leave after two years. Bull crap. That's called quitting. Finish. Finish what you start. Finish marriages. Finish everything you start. Your take on the pens getting in the playoffs. Mm, they got it. They need to get rid of Chris Letang. That's my, that's my, uh, that's my take. Thanks for the follow. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. I forgot about that. Best ministry marriage advice. Maybe I'll end with this one. I, I will end. I would love, I, I always think I want to do this for like six minutes and I, I really enjoy talking to you. Um, by the way, my view's not too bad in this, in this room. There's the harbor. I think my lens is messed up, but it's a very nice room. There's the harbor. Um, yes, Montour, Montour Junction will be where, what no has seen is. Best ministry marriage advice. I would say my wife's not with me this week. Up until we had Camila 10 years ago, about to be 11 years ago. My wife was with me everywhere I went. Keep your wife with you. If I would have gone to... um Pastor Rodney's meetings and received an impartation there. And I'd left my wife home. I feel, I feel like, I feel like there's many ministers. They go everywhere and to save money so they don't have to buy two plane tickets or whatever. They keep their wife home. So their wife stays at the same spiritual level as when they graduated Bible college or first started in the ministry. And then they've grown and then there's a rift. That's why the. A lot of times the man is like very anointed and the woman just has like dark circles under her eyes and looks like she's in the ministry against her will because she's not actually in a place spiritually to handle. I mean, like I couldn't handle what we're doing in the ministry with how I was at 23. So God has changed me and built me as we've progressed. But then if my wife was still at the same level, because I never took her anywhere to save money then she's not going to be able to handle the stress or anything. The alarm clock just came on. I don't know. Like the room alarm clock. There, unplugged. Um, so I, I think time, I could give you a lot of information on, on ministry marriage. Time, it's hard to grow apart when you're together. 
I would settle all differences within that day. I wouldn't let, I wouldn't go to bed like the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I, I wouldn't allow, um, fights to brew over. I'd get it settled. I'd sit down and, 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 and let's hash this out and cut co- and come to a resolution and hug each other. And, and a, whoever, you know, needs to apologize, apologize. Then everything's dealt with in that day. Then you don't have fights where you're trying to settle 15 years of problems. You can't get in a dis, if you get in a disagreement over where to go for dinner, it turns into, you know, back in 1997, you, you know, you can't do that. Um, I'd, I'd work together. I would have a, I would have a common goal in marriage. Like my wife and I are both in revival today. We're not only husband and wife, we're business partners. All of our life is melded together. I wouldn't have two separate lives. I wouldn't have a ministry and have my wife work for Delta Airlines. It's going to be a problem. So, you know, this week we're apart and that, that'll be the last thing I tell you. This week we're apart. But then I, I get back Saturday and Sunday I'm flying her to Nevada with me and we're going to spend the whole week out there together. And I'm preaching, but she'll be with me and we're going to, we have some days I'm not preaching and we're going to have a good time. Invest in your marriage. Take your wife away. Take your wife out for a nice dinner. You know, take them away. You don't have to go to, to, to Bali or Macau or Monaco. You can go to a lake that's 45 minutes from your house that's driving distance and bring a tent, you know, whatever. It's the time together. You don't have to go to Disney or, you know, if you don't have if you don't have nine thousand dollars to lay out. I get I get it. But there's things you can do that cost one hundred and ten dollars. That's time together. You can go fishing together, you know, whatever. I hate fishing. I'm just giving this as an example. I'll give you one more thing about marriage. Let the spouse have something they do that they enjoy. There's, there's women. Can you pray? My husband, he, all he does is golf every Saturday. No, I'm not praying. Let him, how about let him golf? But friggin' back off and let him do something for six hours. And then same with Dallas hunts. I don't hunt. She goes with her friends hunting. She's training for a half marathon. I don't run. You're gone all day hunting. You know, Give give your spouse something that they like to do and let them do it. You know, a lot of the problems marriages have are it's a problem because you make it a problem. All my husband does is play video games. So what? Does he beat you? Does he bash your head off the cupboards and, and split your forehead open when dinner's not on time? Okay, then, then he, he's not. So he's he's playing video games. It's not illegal. He could be on fentanyl. You know, there's people that actually go through actual problems. And there's some people that can turn anything into a problem. Dallas doesn't give me a hard time playing video games. I don't give her a hard time hunting. Let's, you know, let's be honest. We're not going to sit in a room and staring into each other's eyes for 12 hours on Saturday. You know, we spend time together, 45 minutes, an hour is very nice. Give your spouse something to do that they enjoy that... They like to do and let them enjoy it. I buy my wife hunting clothes. I get her firearms. I hook up the trips for her to go hunt. Go have fun. All right. I would love to see you in Washington, D.C. this week. I would love to see you in Las Vegas next week. 
Uh, very exciting. We're going to be at the sand. No, sorry. The sands has been torn down. We're going to be at the, where are we going to be? The Plaza Hotel and Casino at the, at, on the strip, which is awesome. Me and Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. So, oh, that's awesome, Kinsey, that you're coming. Register for it. Where do you register? Hey, Liz Marie. Is it rtcregister.com? I think it's rtcregister.com. Thanks, Darth. Well, if you watch me, hey, Stephanie, great job. If you've watched me, I have nothing to update on the church in Kingman, but I'm going to be going through Kingman. You asked about Kingman, Arizona. Did you know the list of the best 100 restaurants in the country on Yelp came out a couple weeks ago? And there's one in Kingman. So I'm going to try it on the way up. Oh, it's survivaltoday.com slash events. Nikki, great job today. So that's all I got for you. Appreciate you taking time to be with me. Washington, D.C. tonight, Evangel Church, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. It would mean the world to me if you came out. It helps the meeting. What are you speaking on tonight? The Bible. Love you all. Thanks for the kind words. Thanks for being such an encouragement. Love you. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.